Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are, brought to you by Be the Star You Are, 501c3 Charity. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I'm coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I always hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already transpired, and talking as if you are living your dreams and then actually living them, because you do have everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. And if you think you don't, you're going to find it right here on Star Style. So stay with me every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. The Baraga Fair is coming up, and the booth is sponsored by Michael Verbrugge Construction. Visit bethestarur.org for more information and to get involved. And this is from a quote that was in USA Today, and I loved it. In a poll of successful people, 63% said they were successful because they were happy. 37% said they were happy because they were successful. So you see, happiness is an inside job and happiness leads to success. Well, today we have a really, really great show for you. In segment two coming up, we have a New York Times bestselling author, USA Today bestselling author, Shonda Hahn. And she's going to be talking to us about her newest book in the the Neverwood series called Lost Girl. She's also the author of many other books, so we'll also discuss that. In segment three, it's spring, and we're going to have a spring fling, but right now we want to talk about how to create space in your relationships, because no matter whether you are uh, just in a boyfriend, girlfriend, have a partnership, or in any kind of intimate relationship, whether it's marriage or even friendship, 
we have a need for privacy and for personal space. And personal space is that emotional and physical room you have to have to be comfortable. You can feel it when you don't have enough because you're going to feel crowded, you're going to be feel pressured, you're going to feel uncomfortable because intimacy can, is cons, uh, compared to food and shelter. And we need it very much just as we need to eat and drink and feel nourished. But we also have a need to be by ourselves at sometimes, to be unique, to be different. We want to be accepted and we want to belong and we want to feel special and we want to feel recognized. But sometimes all of those great things are in conflict when we need a balance for having some space around us. You don't want to feel smothered or suffocated. Now, one of my colleagues, um, Tina Tassina, who writes a great book, she writes about intimacy and love a lot. And many of these ideas are taken from um, things that she writes about because uh, she is an expert in this. It is surprising to realize that intimacy in a relationship can also be a challenge because sometimes you or your partner, you'll feel stress or pressured when you have too much closeness and you don't have enough separate uh, space. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't want to know everything about your partner or you don't want them to know every little thing about you, even though, you know, partners are always insisting, let's talk it out, you know, but sometimes maybe you just need to zone out. So, a problem arises when people have hidden rules or beliefs about intimacy. Sometimes when you're starting a relationship or even when you're in one, you want to protect some of your personal space and you might put up some unconscious barriers or behave in certain ways that, you know, says to people, okay, this is as far as you get. Now, keeping your distance can hurt your partner's feelings unless you can can talk that out. And you can say to one another that you really need some space, some quiet time, some time just to be alone to shut down, that you don't have to constantly be communicating your feelings. And you don't want to be pushing the other person away, and you want to reassure them that you are in the relationship and you do feel intimate. However, these are what your needs are. I know that I'm that kind of person. I need a lot of personal space. I think because my life is so very, very busy with so much public things and so many public arenas in the media, in newspapers and radio and television that, that I just need downtime and it has nothing to do with pushing away friends or family or, or, or my husband or children. It's just, I need that space in order so that I can be my best person. So I just want to share with you that give you permission to ask for that space, to let people know that you're not trying to hide anything, but you just need some time to recharge. And you might need it for different reasons. You might need it because you do have children and you're exhausted. You might need it because of cultural reasons. Uh, You might need it because of... um, of just your family in your parent-child situation or, you know, just from the fact that you might be living in a situation with roommates. If you were the first born in a family whose style was very formal or you have a great deal of respect for other people's space, you might be horrified if you're one of your um, of your close relationships or your partner pries into your personal things or walks in on you when you're in the bathroom or reads your mail or asks too many questions or wants a lot of attention. But in, but if you instead grew up 
in a household where everything was really informal, that everything was all group activities, group interactions, all of that, um, that everybody shared everything, then this is going to feel normal to you. So the thing is, is that there's nothing that's right or wrong about any style. It's just the way that you want to express yourself and the way that you need to communicate. And that's really important that you talk about that in your relationships with with uh, intimate relationships and even with friends because either style, if you carry it to an extreme, you can become dysfunctional um, just as when, you know, somebody is being caring, it might feel smothering or when somebody is just trying to be private, it might feel like you're being really cold. So privacy is that internal version of personal space. It's your personal power to determine your internal boundaries and how much of yourself you want to share, whether it be your private thoughts, your feelings, your personal correspondence, your sexuality, your clothing, whatever it is. I've shared here on the radio before how Appalled I was when I lent a piece of clothing to a cheerleader from another school when I was in high school. And it was like two years later that she sent it back completely tattered. And it really affected me. It really made me upset. It really made me not want to share things with people anymore because I felt that there wasn't any respect there. It's the same thing. I don't like if something's addressed to me, I want to open it. I don't want somebody else opening my mail. It's not like I'm trying to hide anything. It's just that's the way I was brought up is that if something's addressed to you, it's yours and you have to open it unless you delegate it. So, you know, there's just little things that we all have. It's part of our history. We don't even think about it sometimes. Uh, you know, what was it like in our with our siblings, our extended family? What were your values in sharing? You know, what was your personal privacy? Did you have to share a room with several other siblings? Are you now living in a communal space with other people? That's a, a big new thing these days, especially with the prices of apartments and houses. Is a lot of people are sharing spaces. But where have you set your boundaries? Where have you decided that this is where you, this is going to be my space and that's going to be your space? Conflict about personal space can lead to secrecy and dishonesty if you try to create these spaces without being open. So you got to answer some of these questions that get you in touch with how much privacy or closeness you actually need. And once you know what your personal privacy needs are, you're going to be aware of of what your partner or the other person that you're in any relationship will need and how you can communicate it. So here are some questions to ask yourself. Do you prefer to be with other people or do you prefer to be alone? If someone borrows your clothing, do you feel good about it? Do you like sharing or do you feel intrusive as if they're taking advantage of you? You know what my feeling is about that. Are you comfortable with one person at a time or are you a party person? Do you like to be in a group? Would you rather have a conversation with someone close or would you like to go and read by yourself? Do you like it when your partner talks to friends about you or your personal things at home or your family? And what limits do you want to set about talking to friends about your own personal relationship? To learn about the intimacy needs of your mate, 
um, you really got to observe them carefully. And I think you'll be surprised to find out very, very often our partners are very different than what we are. It's, um, I'll just give you an example from my own life. I am a really private person despite my public persona. And I really don't talk about uh, myself or what happens in the family outside of the family because I think things are private. Whereas my husband feels no problem in um, sharing whatever laundry. He always prefaces it with saying, oh, well, these are our friends. And it's like it really makes me angry when he does that because I think that anything told in privacy or in confidentiality should be kept in confidentiality. So we just need to learn how how our our partners react to things so that we know how much to share. And then in that way, we know how important it is to him or her uh, to share what he wants to share or she wants to share. Is your mate curious about what you think or does he or she never ask? You would need to find out some of these questions. Um, is your partner good at sharing personal information? Do they like to keep it? You know, personal, confidential, keep it within the just the immediate family. Does he or she tend to touch people on the shoulder or arm or hug a lot? Or is your partner one of these people that prefers, you know, just a handshake? Like, I'm a huggy person. When I meet people, I really like, if I like you, I hug you. If I don't know you, I may offer a handshake. But mostly, I prefer to hug. It doesn't, and again, there's no right or wrong, but you have to be careful. Does that make somebody uncomfortable? I am sure it it could. Now, you have to know whether your partner is all business or do you uh, feel that in social situations, you know, it's more kind of friendly chat and no business. Now, when you're with a family member, siblings, extended family, do you share what do you share? Do you share clothing? Do you share food? Do you talk feelings? Do you, you just kind of talk about the weather? Again, there's no right or wrong answers to any of these questions. But when you think about your partner's social traits, it's a clue towards how he or she wants to reveal any kind of intimacy or how much privacy they need. Because partners who are emotionally close will usually opt for sharing and touching in all things, where partners who require more personal space may not communicate that. So observe your partner around you, observe your partner around other people, and learn to gauge the tolerance level. And once you understand your own needs for privacy and be really clear on your own needs, it takes a long time. I know that. It took me a long time to realize what I needed. The difference between your needs and your partner's, you're going to find that you can work out all these issues very easily together. So by discussing your difference your differences and your similar attitudes about privacy, it's going to give you the space that you need to be comfortable with with one another. And no matter what your personal preference for closeness or distance, that's comfortable. It's okay. It's it's okay to be different, and it's okay that your partner has a different preference. The key to creating space that is uh, positive for both of you is being open about what you both want. And just remember, there is no right or wrong amount of personal space. Just check in with your partner so that you know your preferences and all will be happy. 
You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are live, and we're on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I'll be back in a bit for our segment two with our author, Shonda Hahn. Be the star you are, the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out well, to me. Thank you for staying with us right here on Star Style. Be the star you are, where we bring you the pioneers on the planet, the authors, the experts who are making a difference, entertaining us and edutaining us. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I am your host. And today I am so excited to have Shanda Hahn with us. Uh, she is the author of Lost Girl. She's a New York Times uh, in USA Today bestselling author of Rain and Unfortunate Fairy Tale and other books. And she has been using her experience as a children's pastor, children's librarian, librarian and bookseller to write these wonderful, wonderful um, books for teens. She was a guest on Express Yourself last week, and you say her name like Chandelier. So if I say it wrong, I keep calling it wrong, but it's Chandelier. I'm going to just call you Chandelier. Welcome, Shanda. Be the star you are. (laughs) Well, thank you, Cynthia, for having me. (laughs) Well, I read Lost Girl literally in one sitting. It was really exciting to me. I am a huge fan 
of Peter Pan. I've, you know, who isn't? When you're a little kid, you want to fly. You want to. You. I've always want. I always wanted to be Windy, and you know, people would uh, would call me Cindy, and I would say, no, just call me Windy. You know, like in Peter Pan, <laughs> because I wanted to fly with him. I think as everybody did. But let's start with um, what 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 made you decide that you wanted to do a Never Would. Um, series and you know update this whole idea of Wendy Peter Pan the whole thing well I'm known for twisting um, fairy tales Uh, it's my my tagline my motto is that there's not um, uh, there's no unfortunate fairy tales um, that there's no such thing as a happy ending some fairy tales just have uh, there's no I can't even think of it there's no never mind it's pretty much that uh, there's no such thing as happy ever afters. Sometimes there's just af- afters. That's it. <laughs> Couldn't think of the motto. Um, and so I'm known for uh, twisting unfortunate fairy tales and making fairy tales and showing them how they're the grim. And that's what I'm famous for. So I've written some other books that were Greek and had to do with mythology and monsters, and that's popular, but people wanted more fairy tales from me. So I decided to um, rewrite the Peter Pan, um, told from Wendy's point of view mostly, and then I have some other characters. And um, you're right, when I was a kid, I um, dreamed of going to Neverland, and I would just imagine if I was Wendy on an island, what I would do, or what my, you know, if I was a lost boy, what kind of trouble would I get into? So that is um, exactly how I wanted to do it. I wanted to go back and visit it. Yeah, you know, isn't it? It's really exciting because I bet you when you were imagining this the whole time, you were really in Neverland, right? I mean, did you really feel like you were there from, from the get-go? I did. Um, I have a very vivid imagination, so I usually... Um, imagine myself as the characters. A lot of times I take on bits of my own personality, so I have to be careful because they'll, they'll sound like me. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine myself as Wendy or um, you know Peter and being put in these uh, situations. Now, Neverwood um, is the home. It's like a school where the Lost Boys um, reside on the, you know, the continental U.S. And Neverland is a hidden uh, island. And it's a corporation, and they do experiments on kids on this island. So it's a com- just a completely different take on... Right. Yeah. And, you know, that, that to me was so frightening, actually, <laughs> when I realized what the way that you've written. First of all, I loved your tagline, that's on Lost Girl. She couldn't remember Neverland he wanted to forget. And when I yeah. first when I first saw the cover, I was like, she couldn't remember Neverland. Oh my gosh, why not? And then you start reading it and you realize that it is this academy where they're, I mean, our hospital, where they're doing bad things to these kids. And uh, so no wonder you uh, can't remember and no wonder he wants to forget. But, but I like also the whole idea of there's, there's a definite attraction to uh, Wendy and Peter in this, and she doesn't really she doesn't remember who he is, although he he knows who she is, or he feels he feels connected to her. He doesn't really know who she is. 
Yeah, they had a childhood bond, you know, when they're about 10 years old. And then you, to, to be separated for about seven years, um, that bond was still there. That friendship was still there. But now that they were teenagers, so they had to deal with the, uh, the feelings that went along with it. Right, right. So the characters that you um, created in this, obviously you took different characters from Peter Pan and added them to Lost Girl. Did you, besides Wendy and Peter, was there one character that just stood out and was really exciting to you? Um, I think there has to be two. Um, I went with the J.M. Barry's canon and the boy, the names, the boys, um, you know, they were slightly and curly and toodles, but right. according to, uh, you know, the original Peter Pan, there was twin one and twin two. That and, was very fun what you did with that, by the way. Yeah. And so in the books, Peter could never, in the original, you know, stories, Peter could never tell them apart. So he just called them like, you know, twin, hey, twin one, twin two. Right. Um, but I decided to make that one character and call hey, him Ditto. Ditto. Ditto, which means repeat, and his superpower, because um, all the kids from Neverland got superpowers, superpowers, and he's able to replicate himself, so he can make multiples, ditto. So that was uh, the fun character that I got to create of my own, that and kind of insert it into the, uh, the folklore. Well, you know what else? That's something else when you just mentioned the superpowers. This is something that I found very exciting or very thrilling in Lost Girl. And that was the fact that all these kids do have superpowers because superpowers, the you know, the Marvel comics today, all these movies today, they really are all about superpowers and everybody wants to have them. You know, we want to be Wonder Woman. We want to be Superman. We want to, you know... We want to have something, and actually, and these kids have them, and this is how they survive, and this is how they live together and really create the world where they can be safe. Yeah. Um, where the Unfortunate Fairy Tale series was more fantasy, um, I did go more sci-fi with this. Um, I wanted to attract more of the teen um, boy readers as well, and uh, that's why I, I, I really do enjoy writing this, this series. It's a lot of fun. I think that you do, uh, you will attract all the, the boys because you have a lot of boys in this and you have a lot of, uh, there's a, a lot of male camaraderie as well as rivalry. We are talking to Chandelier, no, her real name is Shanda <laughs> Han, H-A-H-N. She is the author, her newest book is Lost Girl, and she is also the author of many other um, books. She published the Unchanted uh, Fairy Terry fairy tale series and um in the series forever she's a new york times best-selling author as well as the usa today which is very thrilling and i'm sure when you hit the bestseller list was it a shock was it a surprise did you ever think that you know this little this little girl from seattle grew up in nebraska would be on the bestseller list you know i i didn't but i fully believed i could um, there was a couple weeks before the book came out. I looked at my husband and I said, I'm a New York Times bestseller. And he's like, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. I feel it deep in my heart. I am. And, and he's like, but you're not. I said, it doesn't matter whether I hit it this month, next year, five years, 20 years down the road. I'm not going to stop am. writing until I hit it. And, you so, know, I love that you did this because I'm such a big believer in 
what you think about and talk about comes about. And your husband sounds a lot like my husband because <laughs> I did the same thing when I was writing um, my first book. I actually posted uh, post-its all over saying I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I told everybody that I was a bestselling author and I hadn't even written a word yet. And, <laughs> and my <laughs> husband would just say, would, would you stop? That's embarrassing. And I wrote in one of my books, you know, by the time you read this, I will be a New York Times bestselling author. And it absolutely happened. And yeah, so I think that that is, it's, uh, there's that power of belief in yourself. Well, you and know, that when confidence. You, you, know, you can do it. You feel it in your gut, don't you? Yeah, it's just there was that confidence, like the name it and claim it. And so I said, well, I am. I'm going to treat myself. I'm yes. going to carry myself like one. And then two weeks later, I hit the New York Times. Yes, yes. So it yes. was, and he just kind of laughed at me. And I'm like, exactly. And he goes, what else do you want to do? I said, I don't know. No, Let's see, can I take over part. the world? <laughs> no, that's the hard part is what's the next mountain you're going to climb after you've hit, you know, you've done that. But you know what? You're going to continue because what you are, you are a writer and it's in your soul and you have to write. You're compelled to write. Is that right? I mean, yeah. you just feel it. I, I do. I'm a, I'm a creator at heart. So if I'm not writing, I have to be creating something. Sometimes I have to take a break from the computer and you'll find me um, creating outfits, like on the uh, uh, making costumes and stuff on the, the sewing machine or for my kids, or I'll be designing something or formatting things. I just love to create. Yes. So in well, one you're, form, you're an artist is yeah. what you are. You're really an artist. I want to give your website out. And before we talk about more of your books, the website is uh, Shanda Han, and that's spelled C-H-A-N-D-A-H-A-H-N.com. And again, like Chandelier, Chandelier. So, you know, that's how she spells it. And the book that we're talking about today is Lost Girl. And it is such an intriguing book. I, I really did. I was driving down, or my husband was driving from Lake Tahoe in the snow. And I sat and I read, read the whole book. And by the time I got home, I was finished. And it was just, I just couldn't stop reading it. I'm a big reader. And I'm assuming that you love to read a lot, too. And so I've always thought that you have to be a reader to be a leader. And um, reader are writers. How, were you always reading? I was. Um, I was reading books like as soon as I could. Um, I spent a lot of times uh, in Seattle at my dad's house and I would frequently make about a couple trips to the library and come back with 15 books. And then I was reading books that were way above my grade level. I was reading like Watership Down in the third grade and oh, Red that Wall. that is one of my favorite books of all time. It is Yes, but it's a very yes. long I, I named book. my rabbit Fiverr. Oh, <laughs> and Hazel, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just was always reading. And then um, I was, I, when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to be someone that just reads books and tells people if they're good. Because I couldn't, I didn't know I could be a reviewer or I didn't know I could be an agent or even a writer. I just want, I just wanted to have a job where I could tell people if the book was good or not. Well, so they wouldn't waste their time. Right. You yeah. were a librarian. So you actually got your wish like right I away. I did. Um, right after high school, I worked at Barnes and Noble. 
Yes. And so then I um, went to college and then came back out and worked in a library as a children's librarian and got to work with young adults and got to talk about books and tell kids if the books were good or not. (laughs) So, you know, it's very interesting to me how you really planned your life without even knowing it from the time you were young. You said, this is what I want to do. You didn't know the proper words of how you were going to do it, but you did it (laughs) and you're doing it and you're still loving it. I am. I do find it, once you're uh, a writer, I find it hard to enjoy reading as much because then you always start to compare. Um, So I'm having to find uh, other other ways of of, uh, like either audiobooks or to enjoy reading again because it's hard to be surrounded by it and you could just start to compare yourself or you're like, oh no, I'm going to adapt their writing style or how they speak and it's going to you know flow over into my books. So I don't read as careful. much as I Well, you know, to. it's interesting uh, that you say that because um, as an actor, I'm, I'm also in the acting community. I always find as much as I enjoy watching movies, uh, it's, I don't watch them completely for entertainment. I'm always watching them because I work on movie sets. I'm watching them for the continuity. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, that shot, it was night, and now it's day. Or the waves were huge in the last shot, and the next shot, it's flat, you know. So I, it's the same thing with writing. Now, you're writing these young adult books. Do you like to read young adult books, or are you now into different genres? I mean, do you read other books so that you're not sort of in your same market? Well, I actually prefer to read um, epic fantasies and uh, mysteries and things like that. I just tend to prefer the young adult because it's cleaner. Um, I'm not getting, sometimes I'll get completely surprised by the content of a book yes. and it'll turn me off. Yeah, I, so I, I agree with you. Some of it, they get they get too dark or too sexual or too, you know, there's just too much something in it that's just sort of not reality. Yeah, so then I generally will grab a young adult book because they're pretty um, safe or they're pretty clean at, or at one point they were. And the same thing with fairy tales. Any kind of, someone would do a retelling of a fairy tale, they were usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with fairy tales. And I imagine this is probably, you're going to probably stay in this fantasy fairy tale um, area because you're absolutely so great at doing it. Tell us about what started you on the Unchanted uh, series. I know you love fairy tales and you wanted to kind of go a little bit further and delve into that. But, you know, do you did you dream about it or did you just one day sit down and say, you know, I'm going to repurpose these? Well, um, I was actually writing uh, fantasy um, at the time, and I was looking for a cover for the the book, and I was uh, browsing pictures on Flickr, and then I came up across this picture of this girl wearing this red hood in the forest, and it really stuck with me. And then um, I'll do exercises, um, plot exercises, and uh, and I was coming up with these ideas. I'm like, oh, let's do, what about a teen, you know, mystery or a teen, you know, like like young Sherlock Holmes. And then oh, and that that picture came to my head, and I was like, she really looks like a contemporary Red Riding Red Hood. Red Riding Hood. Yeah. And so it kind of kept coming back to me. And then I went back to the picture, and I was like, she looks like a a, a Red Riding Hood. Is it? she was today contemporary and so I got a hold of the photographer he gave me the rights and the whole for the formula for the book you know a young girl um, lives in present day in this cursed you know has a fairy tale curse on her life where it tries to turn her life into all the fairy tales 
You know, it's so it's really interesting uh, that you came up with it that way from a photo because you know how they always say a picture's worth a thousand words. Yes, it really was. It was it's worth more like sixty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand words. 60, right? It was worth fifty thousand words. But the fact that you found that photo and it just really resonated with you and it started you on this this um, this journey. I really think this is a way to a way to go with it. Do you outline, how do you, do you just write your chapters? Do you have a specific way that you write? I have a notebook for every book that I write. And I always know the beginning of my books and I always know the end of my books. I generally know what I want to happen in the middle and I'll keep notes, but it doesn't ever follow them. My characters will start to, uh, grow or get attitudes or something will happen and then they go off course but usually they always come back to the middle and then I'll have fun and go look at previous books and I'll look at my notebooks I'm like yep that didn't happen nope that didn't happen and that didn't happen oh well well when you say that you keep a notebook uh, you're actually keeping a handwritten notebook or do you keep a notebook on a computer I actually keep handwritten notebooks um, for each of my books, and they're kind wow, of fun. The, like the actual writing, the old-fashioned way. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and not. I mean, just like, uh, oh, oh, don't forget. You know, Wendy has this color eyes, or this that kind of thing. Or if I write something down that I want, you know, I, I more like notes. I don't actually write a synopsis or an outline in the book. Just things I want included, and then uh, questions that I want to have answered. I always put in there. You almost have back. to create a legend, like a map, when you say mm-hmm. that, because you have all these different characters, and they all have different physical appearances, and they have very different personalities, and they have different superpowers. Do you have to keep a list of, you know, this is Jazz, this is Peter, this is Wendy, this is Ditto, you know? Do you- I, I do, um, and then I used a computer program, Scrivener, for a while to keep actual pictures and notes, but when I moved away from that computer, I ended up going I, I did back. that program. I went back to my um, notebooks. And Sometimes, what do you find is better? I, mean, uh, I still find like your notebooks. notebooks. Better? <laughs> I'll just print off a, a, a document of all the characters and what they look like on a color printer and then put it in my notebook. Ah, uh, very good. Well, just think 100 years from now, that'll be in the Smithsonian. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, also, that's what you can put on your next wish list. <laughs> well, I know that you are in the process of writing the next book in the Neverwood series, which is called Lost Boy. And when I got to the end of Lost Girl, I was like, no, I don't want it to end. I can't, I want to know what's coming up. So what, um, what, when can we expect Lost Boy in the Neverwood Chronicles book two? What are we going to, how are we going to find out what happens next? Um, Lost Boy is going to come out in June. I'm not sure. It's going to be early June. And then you'll be able to find out, you know, what happens with Wendy and her memories. A little bit more about Jax and why he kind of was betraying everybody and why he was a double agent. And you'll get to uh, see a little bit more behind Neverland and the reason they were put these kids in the dust program. Well, and besides the, besides, you know, loving Wendy and wanting to be her and loving Peter Pan and wanting to fly with him, I have to say that I think Jax was like my really favorite character in Lost Girl because he was so mysterious and the fact that he was a double agent. And and so that was like one of my big questions is 
how did he get to be that? He seemed like such a good guy. How could he work for the Red Skulls? I mean, how could he, how could he do that? How could he be on the other side? So you are going to uh, give us a little more clue into a, who- a little bit more. The plan is um, there are some hints dropped in the book. Um, my original plan was to possibly do three from this series and then three from another fairy tale series, and I've dropped a couple hints in Lost Girl that you might see of another fairy tale. Okay. And Jax will, Jax will, if I continue with this, if it continues to he's sell gonna well. He's going to be in another fairy tale, probably. He's going to be the lead in the other spinoff series. Yes. Yeah, yes. well, see, I can, I could see that right away. Because, I, as I said, he's, you've kept him very mysterious, but very, very intriguing. And yeah. his superpowers are um, pretty exceptional. And, and, and you just, I just couldn't figure out where his allegiance was. So I was uh, very interested to know where you were going with him. Yeah. And then you find out that Peter's going to get um, offered the same deal. And then you'll have to find out if he, he you know, accepts. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, Peter was always mischievous, wasn't he? Oh, he is. Yes. Yes. You never quite knew what Peter was up to. So, you know, was he trustworthy? Is he responsible? Is he just fun loving? Is, you know, and, we know that he wants that. to be young. <laughs> yeah. And to keep that, you know, uh, Peter was very good at parkour in the books. Yes. So to keep along with the, being the nimble and flying, he just kind of got away with it as being a really awesome <laughs> person with parkour. Yes, ability. exactly. Well, Chandelier, it's really exciting talking to you. Um, I am going to call you that forever. I think that's, <laughs> I think you have to include that somewhere in your next book. Um, Shanda Han, H-A-H-N. This book is called Lost Girl. It's book one in the Neverwood Chronicles. Lost Boy will be out in June. You want to check her out at shandahan.com, C-H-A-N-D-A-H-A-H-N.com. Also check out her Iron Butterfly series and the Unfortunate Fairy Tales. You will love her books. She's a terrific writer. I just know you're going to um, be able to climb and stand at the top of every mountain that you decide to go and just yell, I am the greatest because you are. Really enjoyed your book and uh, really have enjoyed having you on the show. And thank you also for being on our young adult show, Express Yourself. And for our audiences that missed it, make sure to tune in. Go to Express Yourself Teen Radio com and check out her interview there it's different than this one and really really great it's been such a pleasure to have you with me oh it's been great it's been so much fun being here and well, i don't even mind the chandelier yeah i, I want to call you chandelier <laughs> i'd love that i think you know what that's something else i've always wanted to do is swing on a chandelier but i <laughs> but i um, but of course i'm afraid i'll fall you know you'll like swing off but you know that sort of fits very much into the kind of things that you're writing about. So we saw Beauty and the Beast last night and my son said, Hey mom, who was your favorite favorite character? Was it the chandelier? (laughs) (laughs) And I just rolled my eyes. And I hope you said yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Of course. That is the chandelier. I was once, uh, before you go, I'll just tell you this quickly because it just reminds me of, I was doing a fairy tale workshop, acting workshop for young kids, uh, like three to five years old. And the purpose of the workshop is they get to um, it's they get to choose whatever character they want to be from any fairy tale. 
and then bring all of the fairy tales together and we would do a whole acting workshop. So I had one little girl in it and, uh, you know, somebody wanted to be Cinderella and somebody else wanted to be Snow White and somebody wanted to be the prince. She wanted to be the clock. (laughs) The clock that struck 12. (laughs) So it just made me think of you talking about chandelier. I think that's perfect. In fact, I have to do a workshop on all of your characters in your books. That sounds awfully fun. You have so many different characters, but now you've made them grown up. I like that. Well, again, Thank you, Chandelier, for joining me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Go to her website, shondahan.com. Pick up a copy of Lost Girl. And in June, be looking for Lost Boy. And all you young men out there, you're going to love these books because there's a lot of lot of really cool stuff in here. Thanks so much, Shanda, for being here on the, on the show with me on Star Style. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. And when we come back from break, it's going to be flower fever. We're going to run into the garden for a quick one before we have to end. Stay with me. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are live, and we're on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We hope you're having as much fun as we are. Back in a bit. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, wasn't that a fun interview with Shanda Hahn? And I've nicknamed her Chandelier so that I can remember how to pronounce her name. And her books really are great, so make sure you check it out. Well, Blossom by Blossom, the spring begins. That's what A.C. Shinburn said. It took exactly one full day of warm sunshine here before the vernal equinox this week for my garden to spring into action. I mean, everywhere I looked, there were bulbs and wildflowers and perennials and plants. Everything burst into bloom. Muscari and Dutch iris and tulip and virginia and freesia and hyacinth and lamium, rosemary, honeysuckle. I mean, I could go on and on. California poppy. Even my outdoor cymbidium orchids, they strained for that solar shine. The deciduous trees are budding. The leaves are unfurling. I mean, literally all of nature is alive with expectation. And with this abundance of rain that we've had in California that we're rejoicing for, by the way, 
uh, our gardens are determined to showcase their brilliance. So wherever you look, beauty awaits. And spring is by far my most favorite season of the year. And as I witness landscapes awakening from their long hibernation, I get so anxious to get my hands in the dirt. I will say, though, the weeds are abundant. They're easy to pull. But and oh, and by the way, spading is like great exercise. I read that you burn 179 calories in just 50 minutes of digging. So I'm out there doing a lot of it in any of my spare time. The snails and the slugs, they've begun their migration, and they're making it necessary for us to be vigilant. New growth, tender seedlings are their favorite food, so be careful. The frogs have begun their annual mating calls. The chirping birds are busy building their nests, and as tempted as we may be, it is still too early to sow vegetable and flower seeds outdoors. You can plant them indoors and get them started if you wish, but... To get your lawns into shape, you want to get the prepare the soil for April planting now. And you can go ahead and fertilize your lawns and sow your grass seeds. Those will work. If you're an allergy sufferer, you are in for some pollen-polluted air this year. And so you may want to check in with your doctor because that could be rather, rather terrible for you. We do have a lot of work to do to get ready for this season, so make a play date with Mother Nature and enjoy fun in the sun and soak up some vitamin D. Here's just a couple of tips uh, before we end our show. Inspect your irrigation system because mud, mud, you know, or leaves might be clogging your sprinkler heads while grass or lawn may have grown over the sprinklers. I actually spent eight hours this past weekend getting my system working because everything had just covered over. Mow your lawns without the bags, sin bolsa in Espanol. The lawn cuttings are filled with nitrogen and nutrition, and that'll green up your lawn, so you don't have to waste that free fertilizer. If you find that there are clumps that are left behind, rake or blow them into the lawn. Uh, You can grow red and golden beets right now for their anti-inflammatory qualities. There's only six grams of sugar in an average two-inch diameter bulb. And the beets, they lower your blood glucose. They increase insulin sensitivity. The leaves are delicious, sliced, diced, raw, steamed. Everything is good about them. They're rich in fiber and folate and potassiums and vitamins A and C. They're heart healthy. They'll lower your blood pressure. So, Actually, after you boil them, save the water and add it to your juice and veggies. Uh, If the weather is good in your area, start cleaning your patio furniture. You can plan your vegetable garden and don't do it in rows. Plan like, you know, semicircles and circles and geometric patterns. Be creative. Be an artist. Clean out those bird baths, the fountains, the bird feeders and bird houses because you want to attract the songbirds to reside in your garden. It is time to fertilize all the rest of your garden, trees, grass, shrubs, perennials, and you can bring your inside plants outside, give them a good soaking in a few hours of morning sunlight. Make sure to get your kids involved with your vegetable gardening. You might want to research what they like to eat because what we are told from statistics is that kids eat healthier if they grow it themselves. Tomatoes, peppers, zucchini, radishes, carrots, beans, they're also easy to grow. Make a pizza with what they grow. Um, check that you have your proper garden tools. You're going to need wide-handled shovels. You'll need a trowel, a knee cushion, a hoe, a pick, pruning shears, and at least a couple of sizes. With the right tools, just like anything in life, it makes your job easier. 
And get ready, my next book, my garden book, Growing with the Garden Goddess, book one in the Garden Short Series is uh, coming out in a couple of weeks. You can email me for pre-orders. I'm going to put it that, yes, it's going to hit the New York Times bestselling list. I'm going to say that just like Shanda did. And and um, and this will happen, you know, from my mouth to God's ears. Also wanted to say I've been selected as a judge in America's Best Gardener Contest. You can win $50,000. It's going to recognize and celebrate the talents of indoor and outdoor gardeners. You can go to americasbestgardener.com. I think that uh, we start judging probably in summer. It's going to be announced in the fall. $50,000. I wish I could enter. Anyway, I, it was great being with you today. I hope you catch flower fever. It is contagious. It is so healthy. And I thank you for being great listeners and being with me live every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. You have been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Remember, it's brought to you from Be the Star You Are charity. Consider making a donation. Go to be the star you are.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. I'd like you to read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. Pick up Lost Girl from, from Shanda Han. I think you will love it. You are the greatest. You are the best. You have something wonderful to offer. Remember that you're the coolest and you get out of life what you put into it. So until next week, when we celebrate it once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a great spring, and we'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America. Empower yourself. Thanks for being with me. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.